0: You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey y'all, it's episode 149 of the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast, brought to you today by all my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons, and my equally beautiful, sexy, good-smelling gamemat.eu for all of your pre-painted train and gamemat needs. So, what are we talking about tonight? We have the ten- the secret leaked 10-year plan of what GW plans to do in the next decade, and it's pretty spicy. And I got that from some of my Flayedwood buddies that just deep-struck right into the vault at GW, so that's pretty exciting. And we also have a Want That or Want That Not with the new Age of Sigmar objectives and the combat gauge, and we've got a letter from our good old pal Fergie, and... He writes in talking about uh, commenting on my take on the Underworld's models from a couple episodes ago. So that's what we're talking about. What have I been up to? Well, I have worked 37 hours in the last three days, so that's exciting. And one of those was a 16-hour day, which is also exciting. And other than that, I have, believe it or not, you see... People always like when they see you make stuff like podcasts and stuff. Like, oh, well, he's got plenty of time. He's making podcasts. Well, mm, not really. Um, like for instance, I have been working on little skits with my Warhammer models, and they don't take very long to make, and I think they're pretty humorous. So they are on the Pimcron TV YouTube channel. So please find that uh, without the second p. It's Pimcron. Pimcron TV YouTube channel. And they're called What Hammer, like W-U-T, like what? What Hammer? And um, there's a Necron wardrobe malfunction, and there is a Space Marine trader among us that you don't know who the trader is. And I think they're pretty humorous. Please go check them out and please share them because I'm trying to get this channel off the ground. And uh, But you realize, like, I will work, and I will only have two hours free at night after work and before I go to bed. And I will spend an hour of that and make a video. Like there's a... I... Over the years, I realize now that I've been writing articles for seven years. I keep declaring it's six years, but that's actually been seven years. And because I look back and one of my earliest articles was 2014. So that's been... It's been quite a while I've been writing articles. And one of my stress-relieving hobbies is to be creative. Whether it's painting models or it's writing on brutality or it's writing short stories or whatever. I have... I get blue balled real quick with not being creative. So that's one of the things it may be a chore to other people, but I greatly enjoy it. So just like this, this podcast, I greatly enjoy the podcast. So um, that is what I do in my free time when I have any free time. So it may seem like, oh, he's, you know, he's got plenty of time. Well, I really don't. But I do use my free time effectively. I don't ever like sit down and watch TV or anything like that. We don't even have cable. So it's things like that, that end up taking a lot of your time and you don't realize it. And you're like, oh crap, I just spent an hour on YouTube. I didn't even realize it or Facebook or whatever. And if you don't do that, you get a lot more free time to actually be productive. And I really enjoy being productive. So that is what's going on there. But I really do think that you should go check out that YouTube channel and subscribe and share and all that because I'm trying to get it off the ground and I'm trying to get some traction on that. So this podcast has been very fun and um, I mean, I'm still doing it. I don't want it to sound like I'm, I'm quitting the podcast, but um, it's been very fun and I've gotten quite a bit of traction with it over the years. So I'm hoping to do the same thing with my YouTube channel. So... Um, what else have I done? I had a fantastic night at the game club this week. I was able to go this week. It was not one of the days that I worked 16 hours and I got to play, you know, this brutality supplement I keep telling you about that I'm working on. And it is late because this summer, you know, employee issues and all that. So it's not, I haven't had as much time as I wanted to work on it, but, um, it is 70% done. Maybe 80%. I've started adding images and things like that. And I had to purchase a bunch of images. So um, it's it's getting along there. I'm hoping by the end of July it will be finished. Maybe on sale in August or something. And I got to play three of those missions with my buddy Connor. And of course this is playtesting. And I, I do realize I got some tweaks to make and all that. But overall it works pretty well. And... It was an absolute blast. He had he ran his people through these three different missions, and it was a ton of fun. And he really enjoyed it, and I was very excited. So it gave me... You know, if you do things creativity creatively, you'll know. Whether it's writing a song, or it's a poem, or it's drawing, or whatever, you can't really judge it right a- away because you're too close to it. You need to let it set for a month, or a couple weeks, or a couple months, or whatever. And then you can come back at it with fresh eyes and go, oh, this is terrible, or oh, this is great. Well, even though I had been working on the Brutality Supplement, I had not played it in several weeks. So you kind of lose sight of that. I'm filling out charts of items and, and things like that when I work on it. It's a lot of like, um, kind of drudging through it a little bit, a little bit of it's a, a slog. And... The funny thing is, is I got to actually play it with Connor this week and I got to look at it with fresh eyes. And to be honest with you, this is going to sound full of myself or whatever, but I found myself quite tickled with the way it's turned out. I'm very, very proud of it. So I, uh, I think that's about it really beyond the two little skits and my article this week and the brutality session with Connor. I think that's about it. So let's get on with it. Let's open the Tesseract Mailbox. In the Tesseract Mailbox, we have a letter from our good friend and Patreon patron, Fergie Ferg. So let's let's see what's up with Fergie Ferg. Hey Pimp, just listened to your last episode and I'm worried you're going to encourage the worst tendencies of GW with auto-include units due to strong rules. Even if it's just for your unique war scrolls, this could open a nasty pay-to-win floodgla- floodgate that could drought us all. Wait a second. So this is talking about Underworlds. I should have prefaced this. They're talking about Underworlds, and this is from a couple weeks ago. After I said about Underworlds is a complete missed opportunity, and it's because they include the Underworlds units in the Age of Sigmar um, battle tomes, but they're always completely directionless and have no use at all whatsoever. They're not durable, they're not potent, they just sit there. I have no idea why they even include them. So, And they're unique, so you can only take one of them. So this is what he's saying to that. He continues, Rather, I believe the correct way to view the warbands is an alternative sculpts for existing units and heroes, or as conversion fodder, as you currently do with the unmade. Use them as squad leaders, or when the aesthetic fits, as HQs. They are a better deal than what GW usually charges for single clan packs. I personally don't play AOS, but I bought the Wormspat Warband, it's the Nurgle guys, and made myself a unique Plague Surgeon and two sweet Plague Marines for my Death Guard army. Cheaper than buying the official model, and they stand out as something cool and different. Anyway, just my two cents. Keep up the good work, Fergie. As always, thank you so much for supporting the show, Fergalicious, and thank you for writing it as well. So... I agree with you. That's actually a really great take on it. um, Because the Underworld's models are notoriously very cool looking. They've got a lot of motion to them. All of them are usually unique looking. With the exception, I would say, of the Caradron Overlords guys. They could not be more generically carry on overlords but the sylvaneth guys and a lot of the chaos guys and even the stormcast guys for underworlds a lot of them have some pretty cool sculpts i have some evocators in my stormcast army that are from the underworlds and the guy's got a beard and he's holding his hand up and it's just it's just neat they're completely different models so you're right underworlds gives you a really good ex- opportunity to make like sergeant characters make them look different or like you said hqs that look different or whatever so i completely agree with you that's actually a really good take on it i'm just saying that i feel like if you're going to take the time to make these models why not maximize what you get out of them and even if they were auto include units based off of their rules they're still only unique so you're talking about three or four models i mean they can't be I'm not asking for, you know, bloodthirster stats for each one of these little guys. I'm just saying, make them good at something. Either durable or, like I said, like lieutenant models. Some sort of, like, sub-character, sub-HQ. But you're completely right, though. I cannot argue with that as much as I would like to. I just, I guess I'm bested. Anyway, thank you for writing in, Fergie. Greatly appreciate it. And you can write in at pimpcron at gmail.com. I still have the second P on that email. So pimpcron at gmail.com. And there's also a phone number in the show notes. And there's also, of course, facebook.com slash pimpcron without the second P. And you can message me there. So tell me what you think. And let's get on to the next segment. Want that or want that not? On... This segment of the One that or want that not, we actually have a twofer because the ridiculousness abounds from GW. So uh, the first thing I want to cover is a metal combat gauge from Games Workshop that costs twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars. Think about that for a second. It says Warhammer Age of Sigmar on it. Well, la dee da. And it's got these following measurements. Half inch, one inch, two inch, and three inch. Well, fantastic. $25. Game Shop, Games Workshop is the only company I know that could slap a $25 price tag on something like a combat gauge. And the funny thing is, is that all of the combat gauges I have, like from Fearless Customs and all of them, they always come in six inch increments. So they come in 1-inch, 2-inch, 3-inch, and 6-inch because those are the most common. And this one has a max of 3 inches. It's not. And I believe the fear. This Custom ones are maybe they're $25 or I think they might be a little cheaper than that. And they are actually more useful than this one. I didn't have much to say about this. I just thought it was absolutely ridiculous. $25. Absolutely, I want that not for me. Do not care for it whatsoever and the least they could do is make a six inch side i'm not being overly negative i'm just i think it's pretty ridiculous the second thing that i want to talk about tonight is the realmscape objective set for age of sigmar i don't know who asked for this but (laughs) if you remember me reviewing or at least mentioning the 40k objective set from yesteryear probably sixth edition it came out and there was, like, a operation table, like a torture table, and, like, a uh, bomb that had landed but not detonated. And there was, like, an escape pod, I think. There was several things. That's a pretty freaking cool-looking set. You can make some really cool narrative missions out of that, and I really like it. Then we come to this. The Realmscape objective set. $50 for... <laughs> I guess you'll say six objective yeah, six beautifully detailed objectives for your battlefields represent a settlement of the Dawnbringer Crusades in various states of disrepair. Alright, what do we got here? We have the first thing is the stone head of a demigriff sideways on the ground. Wow. That is fantastic. No, it's not. Okay, let's move on. Then we've got the corner of a building and a like a pole coming out of it with a basket filled with fire. What are those called? They've they've got a phrase for them like uh, I'm not going to remember this, but anyway, it's fire on a stick next to the corner of a building that has sparked my imagination so strongly. I can't even begin to tell you. I'm just I'm just flooded with ideas. Then we've got a pedestal with what looks like, you know, like the thing on top of the Celestial hurricanum. It's like the globe made of bands of metal and it's got planets. It's like a baby version of that on a pedestal, but it doesn't have any planets. It's got a circle in the middle and it's kind of destroyed. It is entirely boring. There's nothing interesting whatsoever about that. Then we've got two pillars, a stick across the middle of them, and a bell with a rope. Good God, could this be any more boring? Okay, it's a bell, so la dial on that. Okay, so far, they are 0 for 4 in my book. Let's go on to the banner. There is a Age of Sigmar, uh, Sigmarite banner attached to a destroyed statue of a person, and on a grade of A through F, I would give it a C for creativity. It's not the worst thing I've seen, but it is it's just a banner with a broken statue of a person. And finally I let I saved the best for last. <laughs> Have you ever seen those those fortune tellers, those mechanical fortune tellers? Like you'd put a quarter in and it's got this animatronic woman in the booth and she's gonna be like, Oh, let me look at my crystal ball and all that they, that's basically what the sixth objective is. It is like a little box. I know it's supposed to be some sort of pillar, and I'm assuming it's supposed to be a statue of a Stormcast guy having a hammer, holding a hammer. But he looks just like he's going to tell your fortune. So there's... I cannot imagine whoever has the balls big enough to slap $50 on this unimaginative, boring objective set... What are we fighting over? It's an objective set, right? I could see why you guys might fight over getting your fortune told by this Stormcast statue. I get that. I suppose you could fight over a banner with a broken statue, I I guess. Like, a, who cares? Make another banner. What about a bell? Who's going to fight over a bell? I mean, scaven like bells, fine. Uh, whatever, I guess. What about a stick that's burning on the end? or maybe some sort of gyroscope thing or maybe the head broken off of a statue of a griffin good god this is terrible i hate it i hate everything about it i'm going to find out whoever made this and i'm going to mail them poop because this is just this is just ridiculous i'm actually not mad about it i'm just confused this is so lackluster and unimaginative it's it's pretty pathetic i would never ever okay 50 bucks for this. Would I pay 40? Absolutely not. 30? Nope. 20? Nope. $10? Eh, I guess I guess the fortune teller's worth 10 bucks, I guess. More like 5 bucks. I'll go no higher than 8. I would pay $8 for this set, and they're trying to hawk this for 50 bucks. No thank you. That's a want that not, and both of these are want that not. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pemkron. Hey everybody, it's Real Talk with the Pimpcron, and tonight I've got something special. So, your sneaky, sneaky friend Pimpcron is back, and this time with a glimpse into Games Workshop's future, thanks to some flayed ones deep striking into their, quote, vault of the future. They are pretty melodramatic, aren't they? Let's get down to it. In one year, they're going to re rele- release all codexes, even the ones that were just released. They will be twice the current price, but will also include a handful of new pictures of their models and just generally water down your army flavor even further. In two years, all releases, even new models, will be limited time releases. Games Workshop will release only minor amounts of these products and models, but keep about 80% of their ware- in their warehouses. Once the secondary market prices spike because of the false demand... GW will slowly release their own products on eBay and other secondary websites at 300% markups. Meanwhile, they will publicly condemn those sites and make half-hearted legal attacks on them just to keep up appearances, but that's their new strategy in two years. In three years, they're going to re-release all the codexes again, but this time each codex will only include HQ and troop unit entries the Elites, Fast Attack, and Heavy Support data sheets being sold separately as supplemental books. So it'll be Codex, Adeptus Astartes, colon, Heavy Support, etc. And each one of these slim little books are going to be uh, about $50 each USD. In four years, my flayed ones tell me that they will release a series of new Codexes with full model lines, only to discontinue them within the year. Consumers will just have to assume this is part of some sick joke, but that's, that's what they're going to be going for in four years. Also, the rules are changed so that only Games Workshop terrain can be used for playing their game. This, of course, is like what they did with Miniatures trying to cut out the custom terrain market. And, I mean, of course, totally unrelated... Their terrain prices are going to go up within the week of that statement. They issue a statement saying that any scratch-built terrain is a direct infringement of their IP because they own the IP to, I don't know, ruined buildings, and anyone caught with non-citadel terrain will be issued a cease and desist letter before receiving a lawsuit. Five years from now, they will double or triple all maximum unit sizes for all armies and cut all points costs in half in an effort to sell more models. A block of 90 orc boys ranked up for 100 points will be a common sight. Typical and suggested sizes for games will double as well. 4,000 point games will be common and will look more like the old Warhammer fantasy battle with just hundreds and hundreds of models on the field. Six years from now, with the accessibility the average person will have to 3D printers, GW sales start to drop dramatically, causing them to turn to renting plans of their miniatures via online marketplaces. The brick-and-mortar stores that are still open by then will only sell clam packs with a slip of paper in them that can be redeemed online for a one-time use of the corresponding miniatures 3D printer plans. How do you like that? In seven years, my flayed ones say that as the next extreme step in the supplements and formations and all detachments and all that, Games Workshop will begin running one day only daily supplements. In other words, if you happen to be playing 40k that day, you check the website and find out that the daily supplement that was just released includes a big discount on the points cost of uh, Berserkers. They're only five points each today. Or... They're all Strength 9 today! Sweet! They will often run significant daily supplements during tournaments as a backdoor way of making money through rigging the winners and losers. This will help prop up sagging GW stock with all the gambling earnings. My informants tell me that in 8 years, paper hardback codexes are completely phased out, with only digital codices being sold via the online store. They will be sold like the paper ones were, only HQs and troops in the, the core codex and separate ones for the other slots. They will be the same price as the paper ones and will not include FAQ or errata changes without, of course, paying for the update. Nine years from now, all digital codexes will stop being sold outright, believe it or not. They will only rent individual unit entries in one-hour rentals. So each time you want to play you have to log your tablet in the GW's website, select the units you want the rules to, and select how many hours you plan to play from the drop-down list, then pay via PayPal or credit card or whatever, and it will be $5 per hour for each unit entry you want, to ac- you want access to. To prevent people from just writing the entries down, Games Workshop will make daily changes to each unit entry. Some important, some not. One time you rent a Terminator entry... They might have a 5-up invulnerable save. Another time, they might have a 4-up invulnerable save. Um, sometimes, they come equipped with thunder hammers automatically. Other times, they might come with power fists automatically. It's just going to be arbitrarily changed every day. Now, 10 years from now, due to all of the uh, 3D printer plans piracy, Games Workshop, in 10 years from now, will release a new battle board that is essentially a 4-foot by 6-foot, LCD touchscreen monitor that lays flat. You can only play 40k on these boards if you buy their 3D printer plans for the models, then purchase the corresponding bases that contain microchips. The bases tell the battle board what units they are, how many wounds are left, etc., and the board displays appropriate unit and weapons rules and stats in the corner of the screen. It is at this time that GW discontinues sale of their digital codexes to tablets and mobile devices. And the only way the Codex may be viewed is through their digital battle board. And my flayed ones actually couldn't tell me anything beyond 10 years from now because they claimed something about a rapture. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, it's good to hear at least that our hobby and our favorite miniatures company is still going to be around for the next 10 years. Um, Even if some weird wackadoo event happens i don't even i've never even heard of that i don't know what's going on there in in 11 years but uh so what do you think of that what do you think about gw's plans this is um this is a leaked information i mean you can't just get this anywhere you got this street from the PimpCron. and that is how we roll over here at the pimp Cron warhammer podcast so right in And let me know what you think those thoughts are. I mean, to be honest, the LCD screen sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Uh, What was that? That was Heroclix or something. I think it was Heroclix. Had like a tablet game. And you put these like... uh... Oh man, I'm going to sound so dumb and old. Um, Emoba? Wait. Oh my god, my son has these things. Amoeba. No, Emoba? Emoeba. Emoeba? I don't know. Anyway. God, I feel old. Uh, the models from Nintendo that had those special bases, and you would, like, buy the figure... Emoba? It just doesn't sound right to me at all. Amoeba. It's not Amoeba. Amoebo. There we go. Okay. Okay. I beat around the bush long enough. Amoebo. I'm sure some of you at home were screaming at your... Cell phone or your laptop, like, oh my god, it's Amiibo, you idiot. Anyway, they are, uh, Heroclix did something like that, I think it was, with a Amiibo sort of like you put down your tablet and there was like a grid and you move the people and it would read where your people were and all that. It, was, it actually seems like kind of a neat idea. And, um, I don't know, for a long time I've been saying that I feel like they will do weekly changes and require you to have an app so that you have to pay for these new rules and all of that. Um, I mean, to be honest, if they offered a service, uh, this is real talk here now. If they offered a service where you would pay monthly and they would give you the codexes and all of that, and it was updated immediately with FAQs rewritten and all of that, I don't know. might be worth it, although I hate digital product. I really, really do. I would much rather hold a book in my hand but they're making it more and more ridiculous to actually buy a physical book and hold it in your hand because, like, when my Astro Militarum book came out a couple years ago, I got that, and within a week, there was all sorts of points changes and all sorts of model changes and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's kind of problematic, but what do you do? Anyway, let me know what you think. What do you think the next plans are for GW? And do you think this is on on course? Is this, is this where we're going in the next couple years Or maybe they slipped into the wrong dimension. Who knows? I mean, alternate timelines and whatnot. Anyway, thank you, gameat.eu, for supporting the show. And thank you for my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons for supporting the show. I'll see you next week.